Shuffle. Shuffle. Hello world and welcome to the 50th episode spectacular of Kill Shuffle. Hi, I'm Donald. I'm Dylan. And we are, our podcast is now middle-aged. Yeah. Isn't that crazy? We gotta make decisions. We just made the half century. Yeah, we gotta grow up finally. No, no, no. We gotta dress down. <laughs> <laughs> no, actually, it's still, it's still pretty cold out there, so let's not. Um, coming up this week on the show, we've got new uh, reviews for new albums by Bring Me the Horizon Astronoid Puppy Altitudes and Attitude Mono and also we're going to take a look back at the our oldest ever Time Machine segment uh, from 1956 yeah. until we get to Tchaikovsky until, we get to, until we get to Tchaikovsky so far to, to date the oldest from 1956 uh, Sonny Rollins uh, Saxophone Colossus mm. So that's exciting. Which I-, I actually do know. Hey! Like, like it's, it's not totally news to me. That's so that, great. That's, great. that's a great sign. That's great. Uh, I don't think I've missed anything there, have I? Nope. Nope. That's, that, that about covers it. So uh, yeah, plenty plenty to talk about. Uh, any headlines still? I went to see Tears for Fears. Oh, snap. Uh, which was pretty awesome. <laughs> it was fantastic. It was crystal clear, beautiful 80s stuff. Oddly enough, I had never seen Three Arena like fully um, made to be seated. Oh, I, I, oh! It was a fully seated gig, kind of. Yeah, well, there was a smaller uh, standing area. Okay, but it's just weird seeing that huge kind of drop gap, mm. but like a slope of chairs. If memory serves, I think it was in that configuration when I saw Super Tramp and Elton John, which makes sense. <laughs> I kind of feel like the the older the average age of the audience, the more likely it is to be seated. <laughs> to be true, yeah, yeah, it, yeah, yeah. it was like you were either early thirties or just hitting. Your sixties or fifties, yeah, right, 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 right. Tweet, like there was, As I in think was, I saw two was, yeah. people who were my age. I could guess because they yeah. had like blue hair. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> I was right, like, right. okay, um, but no, I, I have to say, I mean, Tears of Fears wouldn't really have been on my radar until I think I think I th- there was quite a big advertising campaign for that show. Mm-hmm. I think I checked out a couple of their songs um, a few months ago, and I was I was actually pleasantly surprised. Uh, no, and actually, I shazammed uh, head over uh, head over heels uh, off a PA somewhere before a gig. Great song, and then you sent me a few more tracks last week before the show. And again, solid, so versatile. Really, really rock solid eighties pop, mm-hmm. definitely. Yeah, like the the more like brooding pop side of mainstream eighties, yeah. which is a rarity. It's kind of like the Not way a million on, miles on, from something like the Cure. Yeah, Cure Ongo Bongo mm. fits in that perfectly so we'll cover them at some point yes please um because i think they kind of went off the rails and did an insane like multi-million pound uh concept album at one point seeds of love uh yeah anyway yeah. i just had a little yeah. wikipedia i just did a surface level uh, dive into their stuff but uh-huh. uh yeah and, I, and on the same night i went to see public service broadcasting which is a band that we've championed a little bit on the show having i think we were we've reviewed two of their releases at this point and uh, i have to say this show definitely lives up to public service broadcasting on record and um, they have set. just such a yeah such a, a simple but effective setup because um they just have two they, they basically have like really really high power projectors and they just have like twin images on either side of the stage mm-hmm. with with all of the archival footage uh, interspersed with live perfect live feed of the band and it, it really really works and it adds lots of uh, additional context that you can't convey uh, uh, through um, to sound clips and, and things that they use on their records. So. Yeah, I'd assume they can lead their song 
uh, thesis a bit more directly uh, visually. Yeah, absolutely. Because you're, you're seeing you're seeing you know footage from the time, whether it be of the the miners in Wales or the space race, and it's you know got quite emotional points. I think there's, there's there's one moment on the race for space where the band. Where, where you know where the astronauts are kind of going behind the the dark side of the moon, and everything goes really quiet and atmospheric, and and actually being able to see the you know the footage of the of the of the moon and the and the the, the shuttle disappearing and everything like that was you know really really affecting. And then also they had uh, they had a dedicated trombone and saxophone player that both came up and just rocked the fucking shit for <laughs> like three songs. Nice, it was amazing. Nice. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It was it, it was a great gig. Um, and I think it was they, they said it was their biggest gig not in the UK by a factor of at least two Jesus so yeah so uh, clearly yeah. something is clicking I wish I could have made it but no I, but I'm glad that we covered I, both yeah I gotta go to my once in a lifetime 80s kind of bands I don't, don't like missing that up especially when it's a free ticket yeah <laughs> so we are we've officially entered um, regular album release territory at this point we've got absolutely loads to cover so I, I say let's just Go ahead and do it. It's going to be nuts. Yeah. Uh, first band of the week is Bring Me the Horizon. They're a band from Sheffield, and they have been making noise since 2004. This, who are yeah. they? <laughs> who are they? You probably know who they are. Um, this is their sixth album. It's called Ammo. I think this album comes with its its fair share of controversy. I guess, Polarizing, I guess. If, dividing if, opinion. If you're a person who likes one genre and <laughs> listens to nothing else... Um, then you'll hate this if you're it, like yeah. one of those metal fans so yeah it, 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 I was going to say this for later but we might as well start with it um, Oliver Sykes the, the singer he's become a little bit of a, of a pincushion I think like a like a heavy metal pincushion people you know he seems to be a hated figure by a lot of people and I've never quite understood there, there has been some backlash with some backstage yeah. fucking weirdness they're doing and I think he's got maybe a little bit of a troubled wise. personal life and that's that's fine and you know we can dig into that or not but ultimately you know it is it is about the, the art that ends up on the on the album and what he has what he said in, re, in response to the response to Ammo he said I 100% support and encourage people's true opinions and if you're someone who's only a fan of metal and hardcore with no exceptions you're well within your rights to hate this and I think that's a perfectly legitimate thing to say because life. is this a metal album? At points. Yeah. At yeah, points. Is it a rock album? Sure. It's it's not. It's it's they haven't thrown everything out of the out of the bathtub. Right? <laughs> out of the pram. Yeah, yeah. But it's also a dark wave album. It's also a at points sort of a hip hop inspired album. It's an EDM album. At some points it's trip hop a album. really shit album. At some point. We'll discuss. We will, but it's, I it's just want to be direct. <laughs> it's is, polarizing. Yeah, That's it's the point. Absolutely polarizing. Most definitely. So Bring Me the Horizon obviously are experiencing more of a backlash to this because they've been on a trajectory of moving away from their roots, which back in 2006, I think, was more or less sort of garden variety deathcore. It was yeah pretty stock and trade kind of I, I didn't totally listen to it yeah i'll be honest i heard it I, i've heard bits i was fine with it it's it's fine but it's it's not my favorite kind of thing and then they moved into slightly more melodically in in inflected um but still very kind of heavy metalcore mm-hmm. and then with every subsequent release the one the first one that i'm really familiar with is, is sam paternal i don't know do you know do you, do you know I much do. bring me yeah sam paternal i think is brilliant and that's more or less a pure 
metalcore album with a couple of little uh, garnishes thrown in. Yeah. You know, loads and loads of screamed vocals and everything. And then and then where a lot of people got off the train was on That's the Spirit. Which oh, is when the, yeah. yeah, yeah, okay. That's when they went from, you know, sort of Olympia sized venues to like three arena sized venues. Mm-hmm. Uh, big, big bull brush pop songwriting, but still with the sort of metal crunch to a lot of it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, I've, I've liked it all like, that I've heard. Like okay, yeah. okay, okay. Like I even, I really like that's the spirit. To be honest with you, I, I haven't had the same qualms that most people have had with mm. Premium the Horizon. But then again, I haven't been listening to them as long, and I wouldn't say yeah. that I, I have no real attachment. To be honest with you, I couldn't name a single song from the pre Sepultural era. So yeah. same, same. Honestly, yeah. don't have a dog in the fight. Yeah, ammo. Let's start with the good. Okay, because I think there's a lot of negativity coming this album's way, and I do want to. I do want to start with the positives. So, what are your positives, Dill, for for Ammo? Um, booming production, mm. like on all fronts. Very, yes. very, very versatile. Very inclusive of the new material they have. Yeah. In terms of synths and oddities and spacing. Yeah, and that's Jordan Fish. But the last two albums, at the very least, have both been t- entirely self-produced. And uh, Jordan Fish, the the keyboardist, is. I would say the driving force behind that, and that's maybe a lot of people's issue. But I think it's I think it's amazing that they, for the they, most they part, like they, this helps. for something that is 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 as diverse as we've already said that it is. The, the fact that it's all held together entirely by just the band themselves, but without any outside help, is pretty amazing. So yeah, so pr- production wise, really impressive, especially for a self produced. Starts off pretty well. Mm. Has Grimes. <laughs> that's a plus. Has Grimes is good. Has uh, Danny Filth that yeah. was a lovely surprise cameo even yeah. though it was very subtle and underplayed and I kind of like that yeah, the in a more, way that, yeah that's on Wonderful Life because Danny Filth of Cradle Filth fame yes, of course. is absolutely a a, a uh, screen sure whereas like he absolutely is front and stage in his band oh yeah as a, as a personality and a vo- voice to see him kind of whisper and, and and like howl as a kind of ghouly kind of I, lo- awesome. I love that because because I've I've had this album on in all sorts of company and um, yeah. and there's there are moments when y- you kind of can feel the atmosphere change in the room a little bit when it's not just a sort of a everybody all welcome sort of party and and one of those moments is when Danny Filth comes on in Wonderful Life and I kind of love that because he without even me consciously registering that it was that there was a guest spot happening I just I could feel the atmosphere change and get a little bit darker and, and, and sort of more uh, sinister and that's actually when you listen to it you're like oh yeah that's that's Danny Filth you yeah. know because he's not he's not doing his full-throated usual Cradle of Filth thing but it's clearly him yeah I quite love Cradle of Filth as, yes. as you now as know I, as I well know yeah yeah um, and Grams Grams is great as well oh. same, same thing Um, she keeps they keeps see this album has a kind of tendency to do that mm. Or other other things steal the show over Ollie in in the vocal. Yeah, well, there's only uh, yeah, it's true. There's only three, and one of them is very brief. There's only three guest right. vocal appearances. But I think I think yeah, Grimes just does a great job here, and that that track um, feels very Art Angels at points, while incorporating loads of of uh, influences that I wouldn't have expected to hear from Bring Me the Horizon, like 
Faithless, mm. Prodigy, lots of like 90s kind of trance type stuff. Yeah, it's kind of a double timey rave. Yeah, yeah. Thing. Actually, in more than one point in this album, I kind of was, was reminded of Enter Shikari and how they, especially in the live environment, because mm. they, they often do go even even harder on the electronics. Um, <laughs> you know, that, that sort of type of uh, mixing rock with electronic influences. But yeah, that, that song is almost pure... EDM or mm. like electronic. Yeah. But, yeah. I just like the way it's paced. Like yeah. like Grimes isn't really in it till the last chorus, and yeah. she sings the last chorus. Yes, which is great. I love when bands do that. Yeah, absolutely. Mm. What well, it's kind of, it's maybe indicative of a of a slight shift in Grimes's style well, as well because he, in a way we yeah. appreciate powers was was kind of nine inch nails yeah, and uh, with uh Uringer, Jimmy Uren from Mindless Self Indulgence's side project. Mm. She's she's in a song. Oh really? In there, that's incredible. Possibly okay. the best thing she's ever done. So wow. she, she's on a roll with the heavier side of music. Yeah, the, well, I'll have to have listened to that because this, this, and we appreciate power two of my favorite Grimes tracks. You know, full stop. So yeah, great stuff. Um, and then, uh, and then on that motif, there's, there's, there's a couple. There's two more what you would maybe call like electronic interludes, which I both of which I love. And there's ouch, ouch. which has a real kind of trip hop garage drum and bass type vibe to it. Fresh bruises, I think, as fresh well. Fresh bruises, is the other one. one. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Fresh bruises is more is more fleshed out, but um, again, again, I just think they 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 break up the album really, really nicely. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, they do. They yeah, do. That yeah, that's, yeah. that yeah. is a plus. Like, yeah, there is breathing space, and you can see exactly what they're going for. Okay, and they're very definite with it. Yes, at points, but uh, <sighs> okay, I I don't know. Hit, I, hit you? I don't know what to say. I mean, I I like. Quite that's a, a great song this. sorry I'm like, not like, being facetious like for about <laughs> five to six songs yeah. I'm like this is pretty good yeah this is pretty good this is like you know it's it's a bit ridiculous at points yeah. um, I'm not too fond of um, the pop centric singing I don't I don't, I don't like yeah. his voice oh, in this oh okay I mean it serves it yeah but it's not an astounding pop voice which could go miles with this like if you can imagine, mm. I don't know, maybe I'm speaking too high, but what if, like, Patrick Stump was singing this? I'd be like, oh, my God. That I would think be it's, yeah, I, I know, I hear, I hear what you're saying, but I do think... I mean, there's a, there's a high bar to hit, but... Yeah, but I, I, I think then a possibly a little bit of it's what makes it unique would be taken away. What I love, what I actually love about Bring Me's pop material is that it, well, it, it, no, it, it's, it's so different than... Yes, that's not the point I'm getting at. No, no, okay. I just, I don't like a singing voice. No, but that's okay. I, I like, but I, I do. I like the songs underneath, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, except for one or one or one or six riffs that are. Yeah. I'd be like, this is fairly, fairly uh, paint by numbers. Okay, at points. Uh, uh, anything specific? Yeah. Um, give me a second. Uh, heavy metal. Oh, dude. Uh, there's a few. That me- that riff is. Well, yeah, it's a riff. Wonderful. It's. A riff. Oh no! I think I think uh, it's... Uh, some of the riffs are kind of okay. Okay, well that's yeah. yeah. I, I the, the riffs almost without exception, I think are just mwah, pristine. Yeah, that like that heavy metal. They, they don't sound like they, they. There's not too much thought put into them. I don't think they. they I don't know. Uh well, they're not. They're not exceptionally creative. Um, I don't know. They they just serve the purpose, I guess. Yeah. Here's um, the thing: is I think. I I I think I'm far more into this maybe by the sense things than you are. You it like it sounds like you liked it, but I, I went in 
without a huge degree of, of expectation um, and sort of was like, oh, this is a strong start. Mm-hmm. And then Madge came in and was like, oh, even better than I remember. Banger. And then another song. I was like, that's fucking great. They can't keep this up. Another song. Whoa, that's great. And every turn, there was something different. Mm. And there was and there was these totally um, diverse, unconnected genres that would yeah. be so easy to fuck up. And, you know, and have been fucked up royally by bands we've covered in the past. And yet, to my ear, everything, it sounds like everything they try their hand at here succeeds because they just seem to have a, I, I don't know if this is Jordan Fish's influence mixed with maybe Ollie just growing as a songwriter but it sounds like they actually have a real sort of foundational understanding of modern genres you know where yeah that it, makes sense it doesn't just it does really doesn't sound like you know I, a, a heavy metal cash in just trying to you know yeah, do what's no, cool with the kids no it's it's totally a, it seems like a passion project kind of like they've always wanted to do yeah. like, branch off a little bit to and expand I, I, the, the catalogue that's it exactly um, and I know Ollie listens to a lot of ambient electronica and yeah, stuff like that like that's faithless he, and stuff well yeah but, or, or even you know like well, Aphex Twin is something we always talk about but there's, there's more modern stuff like John Hopkins um, and uh, and probably Porter Robinson and stuff like that but mm-hmm. you, you do get the sense that they're not this this was not a, a decision made by a band who just you know I understand their commercial <laughs> things going on in the background and they are a bit playing big venues but at, at a certain point you kind of have to go Things are a cash grab or or a sellout opportunity. Yes. Some people like us or people, someone like me or whatever. I, I feel like I have an ear for that, and you can hear when something's insincere. You can hear when the the writing is lazy and when stuff's been thrown together slapdash, and 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 it just it's just going to appeal to the lowest common denominator. I don't hear that yeah, here. I hear bits of that. I think three songs are like that. The only um, song, really, the only song for me that doesn't one hundred percent come off in what it attempts to do and even then I really like it but it's it's is in the dark that's the one song okay I was going to say Mother Tongue no love it love Mother Tongue and that's the thing is, is that I'm, the really that's the really poppy one right that, yeah okay yeah, that, yeah, yeah. I thought that was exactly what I see from that genre oh man I guess if that's what you're going for you nailed it but heard that <laughs> 20,000 times on the radio before. Yeah, but you don't hear it with the with with um, with those like again, I, this is what I, I kind of, the point I kind of started to make earlier on was they're coming at it from a band that used to be like it's it, it's it's one thing to hear a group do a style and they they're coming in from from a background in indie or pop or rock and stuff like this. And we've talked about it with like other countries as yes. well where you hear like a familiar genre done by another country. Well, it's just the same to hear a familiar genre like pop but done by a band that have that history. Oh, it's that jarring background. and it's great. And so many bands we've liked have faltered. Yeah. They're trying to make the change. Some of your favorite bands sure. have taken some serious drops with, yeah. with genre twists. It's 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 more so um, it's more so having that musical context of I know these guys understand beatdowns and blast beats and screamed vocals and everything just as well as you know any band in that genre, and they're and they're and they're still able to create something like this. To me, that doesn't that doesn't actually diminish the quality. It, it just it makes it so much more interesting to hear how they have approached writing pop yes. songs like Mother Tongue. Yeah. I, and I, I know that might sound wanky and maybe I'm wrong in saying that but I just that's what I love about Bring Me it's like they've actually gone from the heavies of heavy to the poppies of poppy but they bring some of that philosophy to the pop music mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and there's there's it actual helps. guitars there, rumbling in your ears for, there is, during that yeah. chorus you don't I, get you with, hear it it's not like yeah. clouded under yeah like um 
compression. Yeah. Or anything. It's, or you get it's with pretty direct. A lot of the Top Shot bands, you know, like Yumi at Six or like you pick. I mean, I'm not going to... Fall Out Boy. Fo- sure. Fall, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Fall Out Boy, whatever. Like, it's, yeah. it, you know, the, it's part of their DNA. Like, rock music is part of their DNA. It doesn't mean that it has to be expressed in every song to the nth degree. You've got, for my money, massive riffs that just make you want to whack the volume up to max. Like, Mantra, Heavy Metal... Uh, sugar honey ice and tea yeah lovely great like so memorable yeah like I don't need to like look at the track list to remember what you're saying I yeah or, or even exactly wonderful life course. you know that like I just I love that sort of I mean oh, that's your jam I was like okay yeah. I get this yeah. is the bobbing song yeah and they're so like finally we have a bobbing song because, yeah and um, you know people 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 shit on bands are like oh they've gone new metal I'm sorry. Like, no, if no. You throw on corn, it's full volume. It's totally not my problem there. Yeah, no yeah. problem from me. There's um, lots of new metal groove on this album. Uh, actually, low. We've talked about it recent weeks. Like, a lot of bands are pulling yeah. from Path of Totality by Corn. That's a lot. A lot of that here too. Yeah, like my my only slight qualm is that I've heard a lot of this stuff before. Okay. Like th- that bobbing, that kind yeah, of bobbing yeah, thing. Yeah, yeah. That's a very popular thing to do. Yeah. To stay in this in that genre. You, you know, actually, mm-hmm. a band, an album that you weren't 100% on board with that uh, made it into my <laughs> my top 20, and I hear a lot of parallels in this album, was Technology by Don Broco. Oh, yeah, yeah, I yeah. I hear, especially on, uh, like, those c- kind of, yeah, the riffier ones we've been talking about, or even, actually, riffy and poppy, because that's what Don Broco is. I, I hear... Guitar tone-wise, songwriting-wise, a lot of a lot of Don Broco technology on mm-hmm. this. And maybe that's part of the disconnect, but yeah, I... I just think there's so well, much a lot, going a lot on. of the a lot of these riffs rely on a lot rely on kind of the drop D using the DNA strings to kind of yeah like I don't know just bam 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 kind of like what um, Tommy Iommi does yeah 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 or, or um, sorry Raging His Machine that kind of groove that yeah. kind of stuff but then like there's other tracks where they they go into more sort of modern Brit rock type yes, territories. Yes. Sugar on the S and T, there's you know that it's like a huge solo. The whole that whole song kind of reminds me of Knowing What You Know Now by Marmosets. You know? Oh, that's a good touch. Yeah, so so sense. so again, you, you know, it's mm-hmm. I think what they've done here is they've done a really good job of having sort of a, a, a counterpunch to yeah. all of the criticisms where you kind of go, if it doesn't work for you as a whole piece of work, obviously that's fine, but it's very difficult to level any really specific criticism and go ah oh, this album is all x because for everything you can go well actually what about y they're like it's not heavy enough there's yeah, a, but, there's enough yeah. for me to be fine with this and yeah, you know you, yeah. you can tell i'm trying to i'm having i'm having a bit of pause at moments about this yeah like some of their choices i think are kind of kind of ridiculous the parts that go a little too yeah um or and b almost like um like there's a there's yeah. a, there's kind of a chorus vocal line that goes like that ends with da da, and that I can't remember. It's maybe Mother Tongue or one of the later ones. I'm like, yes, that is that the one. I yeah, that's I I hate that. I hate that inside. Yeah, no, I I man, I get like that's cheesy as fuck. That's like Cindy Lauper level cheesy. I like Cindy Lauper, so that's that's a weird point to guy. Okay, and yet still, yeah, but that's what they're drawing on in that song. But I I man, those um those 90s piano keys in the pre-chorus it gets me so ramped up I think it's pre-chorus it's yeah, yeah, yeah and then but what I'm talking mm-hmm. about is the DNA of, of, of Bring Me is like then in the last kind of 
the last 20, song. 30 seconds of, of that song, Mother Tongue. Oh, yeah. It goes, you know, the drums, if you actually wow. listen, they go like half time, beat down. Like a band would have to know their yeah. stuff to be able to do that, what they do there yeah. in, the, in the end of that song. And, and, so and of course, yeah. the last song, I don't know what to say. Yeah. Um, great ending. That pulled me right back mm. in because that combined everything that we learned from this. Yes, yes. And I uh, just made it really epic and kind of an end, a very like desperate struggle to the end kind Definitely. of race feel and I love it yeah and that one kind of has that really yeah like you like said like epic genuinely epic cathartic end of the journey sort of guitar solo to finish it off and some like nice backing instrumental stuff mm. um, yeah the strings really kind of cool. reminds you of something that maybe Noel Gallagher would do those strings but uh, special shout out to the Parallax Orchestra who just do a phenomenal job throughout this album in, okay. in raising the bar I think great guys yeah. because they you know that, that obviously that last <clears> song <throat> is the most obvious because the like the strings are all the way through it yes again I just the feeling I get yeah, from I love real the feeling I got from uh, mm. Man With A Mission mm. pulling their classical strings off yeah. same feeling just just yeah perfect mm. and it pay it really it does it pay it always pays off to get real a real orchestra if you can obviously most bands can't afford it but mm. they're big enough that if they want an orchestra they get an orchestra and that's what they did here well yeah, yeah. it's the problem with a synthetic orchestra is that you can't do the you can't like because the note that the, the, the it's the same note yeah so like you can't count for that so th- these guys got it yeah so, yeah the, the like, long sustained notes it's you can get away with it but when it's uh, the, the sort of the more regular changes it, it always sounds a little yeah uh, there, there artificial are, there is a new program that actually uh, fixes that but okay it costs a bit but meh. <laughs> you know yeah it exists the, yeah there and also I think um on Wonderful Life it really raises the bar at the end because the horns just come in out of nowhere yes. and they, 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 they're they totally infused into that last chorus I think, yeah. it's, I think it's brilliant um, yeah so clearly I'm obsessed to a certain degree with this I'd say I'm I'm not too far off you know I enjoy it I, yeah. I'll go back I'm just a sucker for I think you're kind of the same maybe not with reference to this album in specific but I think we're, we're both fans of albums that have a huge amount of variety yeah. on show yeah. you've definitely brought a lot of material to the table that has that where you kind of don't know what you're going to get from song to song I think that really helps with pacing mm-hmm. like uh, this does not feel like 50 minutes to me this just I think it just flows because you know you've got it's like single yeah. electronic track interlude experimental track single and it kind of goes that yeah. like that way all they've the got way the through. nice visualizer gifs on Spotify which is pretty gnarly yeah. I don't know how you do that but it's a great touch yeah I've seen, I've seen it for I've seen it on a few few kind of big big ticket albums but yeah I'm I'm pleasantly surprised impressed same man yeah it's, I think it's it's really strong I, and I love lyrically as well I think there's there's a lot of standout moments I think he's got a very nice way with words <sighs> to a degree yeah there's some points I'm like uh, I, I like how you spell epiphany and stuff like that I'm like I, yeah! li- I like the I, lyrics on I, mantra I understand that yeah, yeah, yeah. but it sounds kind of stupid yeah. <laughs> it, it just you know, you know. <laughs> I just I, I recently listened to the Heaven's Gate podcast so I'm definitely still a little bit immersed in the world of cults and everything like that and everything that he's talking about and that some sound, nice, like, there's some nice stuff we need to find some real estate and you um, you need to like sort of trust the system and it's all it's all that kind of conditioning that 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 the Heaven's Gate people were lived with and on under, and I, that might not be a specific reference to Heaven's Gate, but I do, I do like that song. I think, I think Heavy Metal is the one. I mean, that's that's like the one that punches you in the face with its <laughs> kind of sarcasm and tongue in cheek. Yeah. You know, what's yeah. what's the, the, the the two lyrics are? Um, 
uh, I'm picking pedals. I'm afraid you don't love me anymore because a because a kid on the gram in a black Dahlia tank says it ain't heavy metal. <laughs> and then later on he says because a guy from A and R in a in a Patagonia says it ain't heavy metal, which yeah. is just like yeah spitting in the face of people and then at the end he, he does the, the full sort of death growl yeah full <laughs> on it's still kind of there uh, um but the song's not good <laughs> for me it's not good absolute <laughs> banger love that song yeah. oh my word i love it yeah it's got riffs it's i guess and then like, has that, i just think that guy um the the the, the guest the guest uh, razzle the i think he's probably a tra- trapper grime artist but yes. it ratchets up the tension really nicely anyway that's cool that's a cool touch we can um, yeah but 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 overall um overall i for, for me anyway i think this this is an eight for me capitalizes on the promise of it's an eight for oh, me wow an eight yeah. okay so I i'm fa- not totally yeah. knocking on it well clearly not um like strong other songs like holy shit yeah you gotta be well that's yeah. that's that's obviously tough love from you because i'm because mm-hmm. I, I was i was i was feeling a seven <laughs> what you're saying so i'm delighted that you do yeah. you do like it yeah, enough. yeah yeah and 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 what was your favorite song um the last one uh yes don't know what to say yeah yeah i don't believe it i do not believe it oh, can't really. it's, it's so <laughs> so tricky for me to oh. pick a favorite song every time i reference father ted lately i'm like shit <laughs> i forgot he's a douchebag <laughs> Oh yeah, 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 that thing, no, yeah. That, that whole thing. It's news to me, anyway. Yeah, yeah. I'm gonna mm. pick heavy metal. I'm sorry, but that's good though, because it's like it's. I just. And my, uh, I'm gonna give it a nine. Nice, yeah. awesome. This so, is this is a nice modern album from yeah. this this decade. Absolutely, yeah. Mm. And it feels, and again, it feels it's, it. It's it's it is it does feel like it's a it's a record for the the person who has as much love for its sort of cheesy pop music as you know, down down yeah. and dirty kind mm-hmm. of metal it's you need you do need to have a pretty broad spectrum of of interest to to enjoy it, but i really do enjoy it and it's poppy as fuck and i have no issue with that so ammo yeah. by bring me the horizon never never thought i would hear a sound like mother tongue from bring me the horizon but there you go it's and as far as i'm concerned it's good um so yeah the album's called ammo and uh band is called bring me the horizon let's move on i think that's a pretty positive and fair appraisal yes yeah okay um dill i'm gonna take a little break from talking for a okay. minute mm. and why don't we talk a little bit about uh mono yeah nowhere now here yes okay so this, unfortunately, is one that I um, just didn't get around to giving enough time this week, but I'm really interested to hear what you thought of it. They're veteran Japanese post, post-rock, post-metal? Post-rock. Okay. Yeah, post-rock. Um, much like we've heard from the forests of Wicklow yes. <laughs> with God as an astronaut and stuff like this. Mm-hmm. Um, but this is very much... Whew, I don't know. It's it's a lot headier and a lot more... Um, more uh, like long-winded like mm. like m- more more so in the mogwai vein of things like i could see these guys doing soundtracks i'm i don't know if they've done soundtracks yet mm-hmm. but i can imagine that nonetheless and what you see in the album cover is the kind of feeling you get exactly from the album <laughs> huge expansive mm. dark and slightly whimsical mm. at points like god bless um is very eerie off yeah. the bat um then like after you comes the flood is definitely kind of almost like if you, you know the classical elements of Ramstein. Oh like the okay. dun 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 oh, dun sure, yeah. It's yeah, like yeah. that with a post rock element, which ah. is really cool. Okay. Um and it just explodes and explodes and it 
it doesn't quiet down for a second until the very end and then it goes even higher <laughs> so so like there's a lot of that like yeah. like how the fuck are they containing all these dynamics all the way through this 10 minute song yeah. and it keeps on getting better and better and uh, it blows my mind I'm surprised it's not ten, a 10 person band yeah because um, I think it's 4 right yeah yeah yeah, and then breathe uh, was for me um, where it really got interesting. It was the third track where right. female vocals start going in. And yeah, then, I remember this one. And yeah. there was a lot of synthy stuff. And she's been in the band for she years, has, but she she's ha- never contributed vocals. She has, right? and that was a really lovely surprise mm. um, because the whole song sounds like um, for people who've ever watched Twin Peaks. Every time there's something mysterious that's happening on screen and <laughs> a mystery thing, this weird dour kind of synth goes on and looms mm. and it sounds a lot like that and I was like this sounds fucking awesome yeah <laughs> like imagine Twin Peaks but post rock and <laughs> fucking love this right because <laughs> um, it is uh, I gave it a, I think I got two lessons in maybe over the couple of weeks but I, I think I got to say it's, it's very oppressive and quite drawn like it is in it's, it is definitely a bleaker album it's not one to listen to um you know, on a sunny day, it's great to read to. Um, yeah, oh, is it? One okay, thing. Yeah, like, yeah, 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 yeah. Um, but yeah, it's huge. It's yeah. absolutely huge. And but when it, it it's yeah, it's, it does get pretty heavy at points as well. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah like they do explode into crescendos and things. Yeah, like meet us uh, where the night ends. Mm. Um, that's my favorite one off the bat. I'll say that. Yeah. Um, because that just gets very fucking heavy and riffy as well. Mm. Like a lot of chugging. Um, bouncy riffs almost at points. Right, right, right. And that's surprising considering the genre we're in is not normally that. No, 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 no not no. usually. It's usually kind of sweeping all the way through. So to see that sparkled in between all these well, very, very bleak kind of atmospheric mm. songs is really cool. Yeah, the one, the band that like, I think... It almost gets black metal at points. Yes. Which is so cool. Um, kind of like what God is an astronaut did recently on their Epitaph. Yeah, that's Epitaph. I had listened back to that recently. Actually. Yeah, yeah. Definitely their darkest album. Um, this is the equivalent yeah. of this band's darkest album. So okay. it's a kind of a flip side to that. I kind of got a Godspeed You Black Emperor just in terms of they're not afraid to really let a song breathe and yeah, build. Yeah, you got to be a little patient with this one. Yeah. Um, I wasn't at first, but second time around I got it. So okay. it, it takes time. Yeah. But it's rewarding? It is absolutely rewarding, yeah. And, and and what's your uh, how would it sit into Mono's back catalogue if you were um, are you are you that familiar? I'm not too familiar. Okay, I know uh, I know the first album, Him to an Immortal World. Yeah, Him to an Immortal World is the one that I know. Yeah, it's and very, then very good. the most recent two. I don't know the the middle. Okay, the middle middle two, but um, I think it's possibly their best. Wow. Okay. Yeah, because I like this kind of genre the most. Mm. Um, out of what they've gone gone through so far. Very nice. Um, so yeah, I'm gonna give this uh, an eight. Yeah. Okay. All right. Eight for nowhere now here. And what should people check out? That where uh, the night ends. Meet us where the night ends. Yeah. Yeah. yeah meet us where the night ends. Mm-hmm. All right. Or just anything. Like ugh, just <laughs> treat yourself. Mm-hmm. It's probably it. It probably is one just to push play and 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 listen to the whole way through, right? Yeah. Yeah. I think so. Uh, great on vinyl, um, because there's kind of an artificial. Uh, record kind of scratchy mm. thing that comes in at the start. Oh, is there? So it feels like it's this weird Bioshocky classical elements as well underneath, which is so cool. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, it's Steve Albini too, so it's 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 reasonably old school in its yeah. production. Yeah. But I know a lot of people adore that. 
So mm-hmm. that's good. Um, okay, great stuff. Yeah. So back to back to a double header here. Um, why don't we talk about puppy? Puppy. Yeah. So puppy. Talk about puppies. Have been around a little longer than a lot of people might think. They've been around since 2014. So this is actually year five for puppy. Um, and they have two EPs to their name so far. Uh, and this this album, The Goat, is their debut album. It's been a long time coming, I think. Yeah, much like uh, much like Vukovi's debut was a long yes. time coming. Or 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 all twins. I mean, oh shit, right, when yeah. you get on board with a band early, it, it can often feel like an interminable wait for the album to finally come out because there's always lots of you behind paperwork and things. You don't realize bands take a while to start to tour if they want to get serious into how much effort there is to touring oh, God, promotion. Yeah. Making sure you're still a good band in two, three years. Yeah. To write these songs, having a catalogue past one album, and then yeah. releasing just an EP. Like, well, absolutely. Because, you know, Cause, you know it, 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 yeah, you're right. The, the actual, the, there's so many cogs to that machine that it, it could probably almost seem impossible to, to finally, especially for a buzz band, to, you know, yeah. to, to finally release an album. Um, hard. But, but here we go. This is, this is the goat. Puppy, sort of, the, the, the log line for Puppy is, it's like Weezer meets Pantera. I've never thought that was really, to be honest with you, super accurate. But Not I, Pantera, but close. Okay. There are different touchstones. Yeah, but but I think it is accurate to say that Puppy's sound encapsulates elements of sort of classic heavy metal, hard rock, and then elements of sort of, you know, pop, especially kind of 60s pop. Um, 80s pop 80s pop Weezer and uh, and then more sort of 90s emo type stuff mm, mixed with grunge as well guitar you'd imagine uh, Gusty from uh, Ozzy Osbourne's band's fame sure uh, just Riffage absolute Riffage 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 is the name of the game mm-hmm. and definitely more so than anything we'd heard from them previously this album is that Riff is, City for the first three fifths um, and then it goes another place um, the last for the last two two fifths, which I quite enjoy. Yeah, we'll, we'll, talk, get to we'll definitely have yeah. to talk about fifths uh, or or quarters. I'm not quite yeah, sure uh, how it breaks down, but but yeah, it, it is an album of there's a, of parts. There is absolutely a point where it's like this is a different genre. Yeah, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, can we both agree that that it, well it, that what it begins with is a run of songs that are that are definitely less diverse than perhaps they had been billed as like, yes unfortunately the, the, yes. yeah the opening four or five tracks i think from from black first two tracks cool really really cool i think um yeah I, i'm not trying to take away from the um necessarily from the quality of the songwriting it's just you know you kind of go into puppy they are billed as this band that that bring in you know that somehow managed to marry really disparate genres of music across the decades and do it really seamlessly in a way that maybe, you know, just to pick another random example, like Z- the way Zeal and Arder have kind of seamlessly blended two totally different genres. Yes. Well, Puppy have kind of been build- built as that, but between Black Hole, Vengeance, Poor Me, Just Like You, and And So I Burn, I would say they're sort of 85 to 90% in the old school heavy metal meets hard rock camp. You mentioned a little bit of Black Sabbath oh, yeah. or Dio, for, least, maybe. Yeah, for like the first bulk of this. And um, there's you know? there's quite yeah there's lots there's bits of Iron Maiden. I think there's little bits of Pantera maybe or Metallica type stuff. Yeah, the drums kind of go akin to um, very much akimbo with the guitar. Yeah, especially the double bass pedals. Yeah, points just kind of you know as I said, 
accompany the instruments well. Yeah, lyrically, uh, and, uh, lyrically and vocally, I think there are a lot of parallels to be drawn with uh, with Ghost. Yeah, uh, I think Jock, um, the singer, has has a similar voice to uh, Forge. Is that uh, yes, Tobias Forge. Tobias Forge. Yeah, uh, I would. <laughs> I would say. Um, sorry, I just keep on funky, funky. Tobias funky, <laughs> funky. Yeah. yeah. Um, but I keep <laughs> on going back to uh, to old laundry shop. Oh, the laundry yeah. oh, shops wow. melodically riff like especially yeah. later on in this album I was like this is very close to this um, on um yes I'm trying to think which particular Entombed World Stand Still Maiden oh. Blood Nightwalker especially Nightwalker Night Nightwalker Nightwalker yeah Nightwalker yes definitely mm. uh, Night, Nightwalker was the one that I thought sounded a little kind of just like a sort of limp weezer type song. I'm not a massive fan of it. But then I, I was thinking as a as a laundry shop. Yeah, song, maybe like, as I a laundry shop song. So much more when yeah. I think of it that way. That's funny that you mentioned the laundry shop. Yeah, there's definitely definitely moments. Laundry shop were a, a, a sadly um, a dearly departed Dublin band. Um, Tom Robinson, great songwriter. But uh, yeah, I, I just I think at the start, yeah, it's it's very much old school. Eh, reasonably generic um, hard rock heavy metal stuff yeah. but oh, yeah. go ahead no 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 what mm. were you going to say um, I just want to find the point where it is where, where we we're like okay this well, for seems me, a bit more generic it's, it's, for me it's, it's really specific actually it, for me same for me it's 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 yeah. half of the chorus in And So I Burn yes. I think I think this, I think the start of the chorus in And So I Burn is really creative and I love it and then it, they kind of start to chug and go back into sort of guitar theatrics for the second half and I'm a, and I kind of drift off but once Entombed kicks in with that I'm I'm on board and then I stay on board for Entombed um, World Stand Still and, and Bathed in Blood uh, those three tracks for to me are are just yeah so fantastic. And later on, some of the stuff like handlebars and I feel evil. Sorry, I'll just turn that off now. Han- yeah. Han- yeah, I grew to it. I actually grew to it. Handlebars chorus, I think, is great. Yes, that's the part that got me. I feel an evil. I think it's the bass player singing or something. Not. I I prefer Jock's voice. I know it's kind of a small. We've name, liked but- bands that sound a lot like how he sings like yeah. there's there's a few that we've covered in the past yeah it's yeah. it's 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 yeah but, but just just mm. if i could stick on because i want to be positive for a minute because i yes. really do genuinely love those three songs i think um i think entombed it brings in a new flavor uh it's it's actually an old song it's it's from volume two their second ep okay um which cropped up late 2016 or mid 2016 it got later later what, got re-released a, a bit I think right? oh yeah because yeah. that, like that's a it's it's heavier it's got yeah. it's got a little bit of that again we keep bringing it up but it's got a little bit of that new metal bounce to it yeah almost sounds like disturbed if they would if they were good oh yeah but then once the chorus comes in yeah it's definitely got those old school slightly cheesy influences but 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 totally unexpected chord changes really interesting yeah. like in, in guitar instrumentation stuff like that it's just Great, and tune yeah. is great. Put that in your pipe and smoke that, it, David yeah. Draymond. David Draymond, fuck <laughs> you, sorry, you piece of shit. You ruined Trivium for a while. He's all right. <laughs> He's okay. And then World Stand Still. That's that's why I think these three songs are so great because it's because Entombed is doing something totally different than the rest of the album, and it's great. And World Stand Still is actually doing more or less the same thing as the songs that we're not so hot on. But I think it's doing it to such an insanely high standard. Yeah, that it's uh, um. 
you know, that's probably the most ghost-esque of the of the yeah. whole album. Yeah. So I think it's more six songs for me. I quite enjoy. Yeah. Like actively love. Yeah. And for you, it's more so three songs. It's more so. Th- I would say it's like it's like four total because I think I think between the rest of the album, there's like bits and pieces that maybe four and a half total because there's definitely yeah, snatches lot, of choruses, a lot of bits and pieces and verses I, I, and things. I, I, for the first half, I don't think I don't think the um. The choice in chords, yeah, is too too memorable. That's what it is, you know. Yeah, it's, it, it, it yeah. seems interesting to maybe a different ear. If yeah. if I was listening to the polar opposite of a certain genre, I would love riffs in a different kind of way, you know. Yeah, and I think uh, a lot of that stuff would do really really well on you know, in a nice sunny afternoon at Download or Bloodstock, you know? Yeah. Like, it's not particularly inventive, but it is reasonably high quality, like, yeah. hard rock up for a certain audience. It's just, I'm not necessarily that audience. Yeah, it's it's like when I went to see um, Cold Rain, if you know them, or, or, oh. or no, not Cold Rain, Cold Chamber. Oh, Cold yeah. Chamber. Of, you know, Devil Driver singer, right. his old band. Right, Went to right. see them in 2013. Okay. Uh, Kev loved it. And I was like... I know this is trash. I know this is the epitome of bad new metal. <laughs> but I am like, but it's still. fine in the sun. Yeah. 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 Um, but just to round off the trifecta, because I haven't even got to my favorite song uh, yet of the three, um, Bathed in Blood. Yeah. That song is exactly what I wanted Puppy to kind of become from what I heard initially. Like, it's, it's got it's got the thing. driving, it's got, it's got the almost like sort of blast beats, Black oh, yeah. Gaze, totally the blast beat. Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah. And then, but then, so seamlessly, it's almost like magic. It goes from really, really heavy, p- crushing, sort of pummeling, almost like black metal inspired, to now we're into the sunny day real estate. The Texas is the reason, the hum, the fire, that 90s, like definitely with a grit and an edge that some yeah. of that stuff doesn't have. But it, it's apparent that it changes. Yeah. And I think that, I think they're may, they may be aware of that. Oh, you man. Know, I don't know how you couldn't be. And they talk about those bands all the time. They kind of pay them lip service. And that's the song where I'm going. That's where you should be. This is how right? you, you merge those those sort of, yeah, like. Start the album off like this. With, yes. Uh, keep the other starting songs, but put them in the middle. Yeah. I would have I would have done that. Personally. I've never heard an album that's, for me, that's mid. Usually albums are either front loaded or occasionally back loaded. But I've never heard one that's mid loaded. For me, that song, whew, whatever it is, track six or seven. Bathing Blood, just amazing, and then and then it kind of starts to drop off. People, a lot of people talking about Demon. I think Demon's fine. It, it, it ends, ends like it started for me. Yeah, but yeah. stuff just before it ends, I quite enjoy. Yeah, you know. Okay, so that's I'm I'm kind of glad that we. <sighs> I wasn't sure if you were going to go. Oh my god, that, that. or if you were good, you know, be similar opinion. But it sounds like we're more or less on a similar page with this. Yeah, and of course the album cover invokes. I, don't, I, I would have hoped other stuff, <laughs> you know, you know, more, more on the beast milk side of things. It, it reminds me a lot of that. Oh, yeah. Or, or, um, or Grave Pleasures. Yeah. What are like the same bands, yeah. actually? So, um, um, close yeah. to that image. Yes. But I don't think that image sell, uh, I wouldn't, I'm not going to call false advertising, but. No, because they're, because they're, but no, well, no, I think, I think that the, the, the lyrics, you know, are pretty yeah. satanic in general. Yeah. I think they, they kind of commit to the theme. Yeah. You know, they, like they don't, my black they don't wave soul. It, they don't wave it in your face at all. Like I wasn't paying attention. I was like, oh yeah, these are satanic. Yeah. But that's relatively, that is kind of like 
Great Pleasures or, or even I know I know Ghost have the imagery and it's so in your face but those bands are living in the genre this band yeah. I think is is in a guise of mm. Sunny Day yeah maybe more so yeah I think they just need to pick a lane <laughs> no I, I hate no, saying that no. I, don't, I don't want I just I just wish I don't really don't mind them doing that especially like World Sound still proves that they can they can pretty much do pure sort of hard rock stuff and have it be still be brilliant yeah get really fucking weird but I want I, them I would, to be weirder I want, I want that you know did you listen to like Arabella or Warm yes. or any of those songs off yeah they, they were fucking odd and this weird really cool yeah like these almost like a power ballad type thing Arabella and, and really interesting and great and then Warm doesn't try to be anything but a, a, a sort of light fluffy 90s emo track and I wanted to hear more of that stuff that they're clearly really familiar with on the debut album whereas this more sounds like stuff to kind of get people moving in a, in a, in a, at a gig which is fine too but not necessarily want really what I wanted yeah from good, good good live material yes to fit in Ugh, I don't know <laughs> <laughs> alright favourite track a uh, favourite track is uh Probably, uh, you know, Bathing Blood. It's probably Bathing Blood, dude. Yeah, it's Bathing Blood, like isn't, it? How, uh, isn't it? Yeah. It is. It's, it's such a great. Oh, love it. Um, yeah, and and it's Bathing Blood for me too. I'm gonna give it a seven. Actually, I'm gonna give it a six. Oh, I'm no, I yeah. Six. 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 Yeah. yeah. I understand but, but, what but, you're going uh, for. Yeah, I, I was I was just toying with that decision all the way here, but I, I think And trust me, <sighs> those six songs I really love are on my playlist. <laughs> I'm listening to no, them. No, that's frequently. the thing. It's like it's not you but you have to you have to like put it in the context of like, do I enjoy it entirely from start to finish? Mm, yeah. There's definitely like there's moments where it loses me, but the moments where it has me, it really, really has me. Um I but yeah, but I think three stars out of five, six out of ten, I think that's perfectly reasonable uh special shout out to a production team that combines two producers we've we've praised in the past or at least Aww. been aware of neil kennedy who uh did a great job on creeper uh eternity in your arms say what you will about that record it sounded great yeah and uh tom dalgetty who did oh, a yeah. prequel yeah. by ghost yeah yeah that's awesome so, yeah and i think really those two things put together is a good semblance of what puppy is or at least should be it totally so, is yeah so so I, I'm, I'm gonna be keeping my eye on puppy definitely I'm not sure that this album is it but uh, but it's a, it's you know but it's a step it's close it's a step <laughs> and album number two I'm sure will be a step even further I got a handful of songs out of that definitely definitely so the album is called The Goat I still recommend you check it out because if you like the type if you really like the type of stuff that we were talking about um, like older school the older school sort of stuff uh, done in 2019 then you're gonna love this because the experimental stuff is yes. is excellent all right um you got a preference for what we do next still no all right well then in that case why don't we Go chat ahead. about altitudes and attitudes yay super group hey. long time coming super group <laughs> yeah yeah and kind of a kind of a cool super group mm. actually do you do you do any research into this a little bit yes uh, put it this way if you told me that um, I've got an album for you and it's the bass player from Anthrax and the, the bass, bass player, player from Megadeth yeah, yeah. I would have been like Dylan please do that on your other show <laughs> but uh, but yes, you think, that um, is it's not what it's yeah, like no, at all um, this is this is uh, Ethelson the uh, or Ellison's the uh, the most well known bassist of Megadeth and the current one 
Yeah, like, yeah, he, yeah. He 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 wasn't there for the mid two thousand albums. Oh, really? Okay. But he was there for Holy Wars and the most recent stuff, which is fantastic. So he's yeah. he's in my top ten bassists. Wow. Okay. Yeah, he's totally good. Totally but he, great. funnily enough, Ellison does the. Uh, yeah, he. Sorry, David he Ellison. does yeah. the bass on this record. He does. Yeah. So he, uh, he, uh, and then and then Frank Bello, Frank, who is, yeah. is is the uh, the bass player from Anthrax, does I'm, the guitar. I'm less versed on Anthrax. I've seen them. They're great. I've seen uh, them too. They were excellent and fun. Uh, yeah, fun, fun band. Uh, yeah, and this is totally like um, <laughs> another. This is what we love listening yeah. to. Kind of album. Mm-hmm. I mean this and it's a lot of what we love as well you know mixed <laughs> in with sprinkles of, of the bands they've come from oh yeah plus and we'll talk about that yeah 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 um, it's you know it's funny how this album came together actually because Bello and, and Ellison were just um, doing bass workshops I guess to make a little side money yeah uh, and rather than sort of use generic backing tracks or whatever they just were like oh we'll just we'll just write stuff and see what comes out and what, what came out was this really kind of grunge inspired sunny alternative rock um, that has ended up being Altitude and Attitude yeah uh, and they had an EP in 2014 yes I've been waiting Oh, I've been waiting so long so I hadn't heard um, that EP but it, 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 it arrives remixed and remastered at the end of this album yeah the, yeah. La- the last the last three songs I think are yeah, Booze and Cigarettes yeah that was the one I really remembered Going like, oh, if only this sounded better. And yeah. it sounds much better. Yeah, like been holy, totally remastered. Holy fuck, it sounds great. Um, um, but yeah, so Bello, I guess, never got a chance to get it out, which is the name of the album, uh, of his system when he was in Antrax. So, but that's what he's doing here. He's he's just he's talking about his life. He's he's a pretty old dude, and I think a lot of these songs, especially lyrically, mm-hmm. could only have come from somebody with a lot of years' experience behind them. Um, yeah. Um, and of course, putting them putting kind of the whole big four thing to the side mm. shelf that was also around 2010. Yeah, like mega, the whole traveling concerts. Yes, with Metallica, Megadeth, Anthrax, and Slayer. Um, and that was when I think Ellison wasn't in the band. Maybe he was like, I'll I, I, uh, yeah. or or Megadeth, Megadeth. Oh, Megadeth. Oh, sorry, he came oh, yeah. back in in 2011, I think. Oh, okay. So maybe, I don't know. Well, no, the, uh, these guys haven't been around for that that long. You know? I think they only started jamming on this in 2012 or 2013. Yeah. So, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, and actually, they've got a guy called Jeff Friedel on drums, who yes. you may know. He is He is. Uh, he's a perfect, perfect circle adjacent. Yeah, He and he's also with Ashes Divide drummer. He's, he's but what's drum? his... Because if you look at the... It's, it's weird. He's a, he's a touring drummer. Oh, is that part, right? And he drums... For so many projects. Okay, okay. I think he's helped Paramore out. Oh, points. Wow. Yeah. Because it's funny, Maybe. if you look at the perfect circle, you know the way that, you know the way on Wikipedia they have the um, the timeline of members? Yeah, yeah. He's on the chart, but there's he did, there's no line next to his name. <laughs> so there's all these other dudes and it's yeah. like, you know, not, you know, 2000 to whatever year, but he's there, but when, when I think, it must have just filled yeah. in. Though, when I think of um, uh, perfect circle drummers, I think of, you do think of Jeff? Yeah, I do. Okay, he he stands out. Absolutely. Great. Um, so, I mean, yeah, like musical touch points I mentioned there. I mean, there's a lot of grunge on this thing. There's a lot of Bob Mould as well. Um, yes. I've heard, I've heard, I hear bits of that sort of early Foo Fighters sound. Mm-hmm. Most uh, people do. Yeah. I, I think I get different vibes <laughs> from more newish bands. Yeah. You know. Well, yeah, I mentioned, I mentioned uh, Basement. Who, who else are you basement, hearing? Basement off the bat, I was going to say, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Straight up, straight up alternative rock. 
<coughs> I've heard uh, weirdly there's I think there's little bits of uh, like Dream Theater and Metallica at a certain points there's like an Orion style instrumental I think it's called Leviathan Leviathan yeah um, to be honest with you Ellefson seems to when he takes the reins things do get very big four uh, at points I think I think Bello seems to be the man who really wants to do some alternative rocking. Yeah. And then Ellison, he it, brings the heavy. He and does. That's well needed the points. It makes it a little more special, I think. Yeah, because he does. Both sides do. That's not something you get. Uh, it's just not something that you get all the time, no. uh, or or that you see very often, because bands that that play that sort of mostly sort of down-tuned chords and big choruses and, and melodies type music like like basement or yeah. whatever Th- this uh, mood is not as prevalent at all yeah like genres. you just don't yeah. get those gut busting kick the door down trash fun, fun. yeah windmill headbang yeah. solos that you do on this album so yeah and this album is very fun off the bat it's it, yeah. it seems very fun it's fun but i think it's it's also kind of lyrically serious at points yes um yeah yeah you know, uh, like like Slip deals with a guy that Bella used to see hanging around his apartment block, mm-hmm. um, who would just you know who see, who seemed to you know to be very uh, jovial kind of guy. He'd come home like drunk singing, but then he kind of over the years like he saw kind of addiction swallow him up, yeah. and it's about that. It's like about watching a life kind of slip away. Yeah, serious life topics. Yeah, every everyday occurrences. Yes, as well, exactly. And then some serious ones like his his, yeah. his brother being murdered. As yeah, well, I heard, some serious I stuff heard like about that. that in passing. Which do you know? Which I don't even know which song that is. Uh, I is, it, is it late? Maybe the second. Is, I is don't it? know. Maybe one of the last ones. Oh, okay, um, okay. But uh, yeah, it's very very heavy loaded, but uh, yep. contrasted with the um, the upbeat mood. Yes, from, which I really enjoy. Yeah, and songwriting is very very is quite varied. You know. Yeah, there's even bits of I I heard a bit of Rush. On oh, yeah. talk to me. Oh yeah, you got that as well. Yeah, 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 yeah. Totally that, is that the do 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 do? And there's like these kind of guitar yeah. stabs, and he almost does a little bit of Getty kind of style mm-hmm. yelping. Yeah, very eighties rush. Yep, yep, yep. Very eighties rush. Did you hear uh, style? Did you hear Mark Hoppus on Tell the World? Tell the world. It really reminds me of uh, Latter Day Blink. So was that, that Mark song? Hoppus? No, no, no. It's, oh, it's Frank Bello. That was so close. Yeah, but that's so close to being Mark. <laughs> I got, Mark, you know, it really sounds like him. There's so many guest guitarists here. Oh, is there? Um, okay, so many, like six or so, like Ozzy Osbourne's guitarist, oh, Gus yeah. G, as I mentioned. Yes, yes, yes. Uh, he's on this. Um, there's, there's a few others that I can't remember, but um, there's a lot of that, and okay. you hear that in elements, like a lot of the solos. Yeah, are not them. Oh, I don't yeah, think... that makes sense. Because there's quite a bit of variety. I mean, there's really only kind of two moments of just full-on Big Four nonsense that, that <laughs> pull me out. To, like that, to a certain degree. Not the, in a bad way. Pa- part but... of me, the, the solo in that, I think, just goes it just goes too far. In, it just goes too far down that oh, rabbit yeah. hole. Um, yeah. and, and here again, the whole song... I don't think it. I don't think it's necessary. Oh yeah, yeah. I because th- it's it's so it just sounds like sort of a, a Megadeth or an Anthrax song. Yeah, and not a particularly good one. But those are my yeah. two main gripes. Yeah, booze and cigarettes is is huge, massive sounding. Yeah, I love that chorus. Yeah, oh, it's yeah. So get your booze and cigarettes. It's, yeah, yeah, yeah. Really the the riff cool. that 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 is just a perfect meat and potatoes alternative rock. It's you yeah. know. Therapy it's, style stuff. Yeah, as well. yeah, therapy's on there too. The melodic side of them. Uh, it's a, yeah, it's you know, it, there's nothing groundbreaking about it, but what it does, it does really, really well. Especially that sound booze and cigarettes. That's why I, I almost wish, rather than bolting the EP onto the end, 
I wish they had um, they cut here again to be honest with you and, and, and then sprinkled booze and cigarettes and the other uh, what's the other song called Tell, uh, Tell the, the World, world. Yeah. And, and sprinkled them out because I think all there is is such a great way to end the album ostensibly yeah, because it is, it, is the, it is the last of the new quote unquote new songs yeah it's very kind of down creepy, and creepy yeah. almost sort of nine inch nails type uh-huh. vibe to it I get that and that really would have worked as a final song so I I, I would have chopped I would have chopped the EP up and, and, and sprinkled it through it setless but yeah. yeah that's a small complaint I, yeah I, I, I'm very pleasantly surprised by this thing I think it's same dude it's really good um, I I maybe maybe it's, it's I don't a, hate anything no you know, even the things that I'm not too fond of I'm like it's fine <laughs> it's fine no I think I really think that it might be a little bit too much of a good thing for me at points insofar as it's not apart from all there is and then obviously we mentioned here again does really lean into the the the, the big four influence obviously the two guys but you know I just think I could have done it maybe like two or three fewer songs just to keep the, the, the 10 best ones or the yeah, 11 yeah, best ones yeah. some of the mid stuff me. but it's really good yeah uh, I, I like I quite like the vocals I quite warm to them they're interesting they're not incredible at parts some parts they are yeah like he hit some serious notes that he doesn't touch anywhere else yeah which is which was probably pretty difficult but I, I love it it reminds me of like oh just a lot of mid 90s alt bands yes you know yeah um China drum China Drum, definitely they're in there for sure. Uh, Bullet La Volta. Yeah, yes, uh, definitely, definitely. Not a, not a sharp and rattling, but more kind of low end. And it's, I know it's, I know the kind of thing you're thinking of. I can't yeah. think of an example off the top of my head, but... Um, a lot of stuff we like. <laughs> a lot, lot of stuff of the, we like. Yeah, yeah. Mm. Oh. I wouldn't have, I really wouldn't have expected this. Generally speaking, my thought on these quote-unquote super groups or side projects is... Yeah. Like, well, I've always known Megadeth. Yeah. Bassists and guitarists go off to do weird things like Marty Friedman from the old guitarist, uh, more 80-centric metallic uh, Megadeth oh, guitarist. Okay. He went to do J-pop stuff in Japan and, and all the crazy weird stuff that goes with that. So Whoa. I expected something off kilter. <laughs> with the exception of... Um, you see, now it's hard to know, to know whether we can even call it a side project, but with the exception of the Black Queen... And uh, and then and then a legitimate side project gone is gone. This is probably my favorite like side project thing for a good long while for the last few years. Same, same. It's 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 totally. I mean, for On the most t- part, it's stand- totally different. Yeah, it's very much standalone. Uh, more so a passion project than a just typical supergroup to cash in. Yes, like like you expect from. I don't know uh, who's a supergroup cash in. A a I'm sure there's a few. I mean, Legend of the Seagullman was garbage. Um, <laughs> that was. I don't know. What did you think of Giraffe Tom Orchestra? Yes, they're fine. Yeah, I thought they were totally fine. Yeah, I have to listen back to that. Actually, so much effort went into that. Newtoid man. Nope. Nope. <laughs> who's who is who are they again? That's Ben Collar from uh, Converge and Ah oh, Man. I think maybe. One of the guys from Neurosis. Okay. I, I don't know. I, I I may be totally wrong with that, but I'll look it up. Yeah, I just generally speak inside products aren't great, but I really, really, really like this. Stephen Brodsky from um, Cave In. Oh. Uh, ben yeah. Collar from Converge yeah, yeah. and uh, a dude. Sorry, there, there's no connection um, to it. But yeah, I like when bands do this. It, it, it adds a lot more dimension to them for yes. the fans that may think they're only exclusively for this genre. But no, they pull this incredibly yeah. diverse stuff. Probot? 
All right. All right. So uh, my f- oh, it's tricky. A oh, booze and cigarettes. Sorry, booze and cigarettes is my favorite song. Uh, yeah. So uh, get your booze okay. and cigarettes. Okay, I, I guess you chose that, so I'll choose. Um, actually, I'll take no, no. no you can choose booze and cigarettes because uh, I actually think. Uh, well, I I love late as well. Ooh, okay. Yeah, yeah. Uh, for me, slip. Oh, slip or get it out. Yeah, both great songs. Yeah, right, cool. I'm giving this a nine. Uh, yeah, I, I, I guess. Yeah, nine. Okay, nine, right. all right. Um, I'm not totally. I think. Yeah, I mean, I I really, 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 really enjoyed it. I think I am going to give it a seven. Okay. Um, but I would maybe an eight. I'll give it an eight. Sorry. No, uh, no. Oh, you no. you do you do you boo. It's but, an eight. Uh, it's an eight. Sorry. I'm I'm going to give it a seven, which I is which is a great score, and for something that wouldn't normally, be, you know, like it's it really had the odds stacked against it in terms of like it was probably going to be flabby and tired and it's not flabby or tired it's yeah. really really good I, I, I sent us to you five songs into listening to it I oh so, did you I okay. was so confident that it would be a I jam really, of sorts I really you. really like it it's not going to get into my albums of like spoil it not going to get my albums 2019 but I'm going to go back to it some of the songs are would be favourite songs of the year yeah, yeah. Uh, I'd say there's probably like a solid three or four songs on here that I'm going to go back to on a regular basis um, yeah. I think it's I think it's really really good uh-huh. so the album is uh, it's called Get It Out it's by Altitudes and Attitude mm. uh, featuring members of Anthrax and Megadeth and Perfect Circle yes so get on it it's just good clean alt rock fun mm. alright uh, last new release of the week it's a big one it's a doozy it's a big boy it's, uh, it's the self-titled darling. second album from Boston Thrash metal outfit. No, Thrash. Dream Thrash. Dream Thrash. <laughs> Accurate. Yeah, yeah. Asteroid. Asteroid. Sorry, I was going to say this. It really doesn't have very much to do with Thrash metal, but they do describe themselves as, as Dream Thrash, which I think is reasonably accurate. Yes. Um, they're a band that utilize elements of, you know, uh, post metal, black metal, uh, bits of that sort of Boston hardcore, Boston pop punk sound, um, and, and sort of put it in a blender and see yeah. what happens yeah and it started off as a it started off as a little sort of studio project between uh, Brett Boland the singer and guitarist lead guitarist and Dan Schwartz the bass player mm-hmm. and they they just did they just put together a project <laughs> on a whim and that yeah. became the EP November and then uh, and then it sort of ballooned from there and they they got Casey on board on, on guitars and then Matt okay. and John on, on drums and uh, and put together their first LP Air, uh, which was I think my sixth favorite album of um, yeah of 2016. Yeah, I remember thinking that one was all right. Oh wow! I, I was, okay, I, I think you remember me saying that, and you were kind of like, okay, I, th- I, I vaguely, thought, yeah, vaguely. I, was, I had, I, I remember, I think, I think uh, there was a few like one-dimensional moments for me. Okay, uh, vocally. Oh yeah, that's right. You and weren't songwriting-wise. Yeah. Okay. Like, I had a bit of pause about it, but yeah. I just I'm just double checking where it actually sat in my albums of 2016. It was I remember it was number five actually. It was number five on my albums of the year. I absolutely adored it. It's I it remember. is it's crushing, pummeling, but also you know joyous, yes. uplifting, triumphant, euphoric, um, sort of dreamy metal music mm. um, from start to finish. And then this new album definitely takes things in another direction. It does in yeah. Yeah, for for the better, which okay. is totally to my surprise. Great. So, I've read little interviews with the band about this, and it's they took a okay. back to basics approach and sort of said, okay, well, we've done the the air thing where we've just tried to squeeze as many notes into one second as possible, 
blast beats gone vocals uh, up and written around yes whereas the, the vocals were very much a, a peppered in after uh, the song had been written on air Th- these songs were written with vocals in mind from the very start it seems it yeah I think I think that shows I think that shows um, and I think there's, there's a lot more influence of of bands that we didn't hear before like bands like Deftones and uh, Periphery and Alcest and Anathema and even bands like Propaganda or Pen to Black and just there's more room for yeah. more nuance I think because they're not just trying to bash you over the head 24-7 mm-hmm. um, so yeah so what are you saying about this still? Uh, I fucking love this Wait. so much <laughs> good <laughs> like I'm not sure if you saw my fucking Instagram I was no like, no song of the day was fucking I wish I wish I was there by the sunset oh, <laughs> I was yeah. like oh my god oh yeah. my god it ramps up so well yeah um yeah this is, this is the best of this genre i have heard in so long and Honestly. and they sort of sit in a, i'm delighted you like it they sit in a really weird space because you say like of this genre but it's, i can't really think of another band that sound like i Astronoid. guess it's the last one you know yeah there's, there's yeah, a few yeah. black metal bands that do something like, like there's this. moments yeah there's moments that sound a little like deaf heaven there's moments that sound a little like mall and I mentioned like Deftones and stuff like that, but I think uh, uh, overall there's there's very little that sound like them. They've said themselves that they are either, for the bills that they get booked on for tours and things like that, they're usually either the heaviest band or the lightest band. So, you know, yeah. if they're in a lineup with kind of black metal and other metal acts, well, then they're, they're going to be the lightest band. Whereas you could you could put them on a bill with a Ghost. They've toured with Ghost yeah. and they're a heavier band yeah. than Ghost. Play Tea in the Park with Ghost. <laughs> <laughs> um, but it's funny. They kind of said, look, you know, we we had to win over the crowd at Ghost. Whereas with when they were touring with Tesseract or Between the Buried and Me, it was... Worship. You know, they kind of, everybody just got it immediately. Yeah. Um, this band would go well with Devin Townsend, I'll tell you that. And actually, funny enough, Devin Townsend it was the number one influence on Air. They, yes. they, this time around, they they definitely were trying to bring in um, from more from outside the world of metal, like Smashing Pumpkins. Talk, this is them saying this. Okay. Pumpkins talking I see, heads. I, I totally recognize it, which um, is a good sign. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, yeah. it's prevalent. Uh, Depeche Mode as well. I hear on that, that you know the opening to Beyond the Scope. There's a really uh, sort of oh yeah, uh, yeah. odd electronic opening to that song mm-hmm. quite quite Depeche Mode it is it is kind of beepy and boopy beep, and boop. I, I like it it's it's, beep, bloop, bloop. it's uh it's very 80s very 80s at points yes yeah, yeah. yes it is it's so hard to I, I really think I would have I'm excited to, to, to listen to this album more and to get to know it more because I know Air so well and those songs are just yeah. essentially sort of burnt into my brain at this point yeah so um, I, I, I've i only had a couple of days it, with this yeah this is a lot and um, for me it, it doesn't start too strong um, it, it it depends what you're looking for I guess yeah uh, um, yeah. but it grows to become something really good like like as soon as like presumably lost fault, or, lost uh, yeah. and especially especially water yeah water is amazing yeah water is so good oh my god <laughs> yeah. that's that's in the running for song of the year. Wow. Okay. Mm-hmm. I yeah, I really like that, and that's one. That's a song that wouldn't have ha- wouldn't have existed on air because it's it's very much like these trade offs between the the yeah. singer and and then the guitar and stuff like that. Like it's very rhythmical. Very rhythmical. Yeah. Um. It's heavy. Yeah. It's heavy. Heavy. heavy memorable. Balls. Catchy. 
yeah thrashy at the end blast beaty mm. at points i think yeah not quite not quite this like not yeah. not not full-on blast beats but there's definitely yeah. the the the, the, dr- the drums do ramp up to breakneck and, speed and, and for a five minute song to flash by like that mm. and go from great to incredible in the last minute yeah yeah that's 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 pretty impressive yeah really 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 good the, my only criticism i i just like I, I'm very, very excited to get to know these songs better, and I can tell the quality is is super high. Oh, I have one criticism as well. But, okay, you know. well, I'll get we'll get to your criticism in a second. Yeah. My my only criticism is, and it's a funny one too, because it was produced more or less in exactly the same way as Air. They self-produce, they mix themselves, and they master themselves. Actually, this time I think they left the mastering to the 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 lead guitarist from Cult of Luna actually mastered this but I just find the overall production just a tiny bit muffled I wish it was in contrast to in contrast to other albums we've listened to this week I think you notice that you definitely notice that coming off the back of Puppy it just it's like this kind of it's like you're listening to it through maybe like a a uh, a mesh or something over your ear but that's all uh, yeah um you but get only, used, once you get used to it like once you're three songs in you've forgotten that but it's when you listen to it in comparison mm-hmm. to other stuff it, yeah listen to it exclusively and you will love this a lot and it more. doesn't it doesn't detract from the quality of the songwriting the song I mean that's it's it's super super high just bands doing different production techniques what's your what's your quibble um I think there are too many harmonies oh so many harmonies vocal harmonies yes okay <laughs> I was like whoa <laughs> I mean they're they're perfect as well yeah i think they're like too much of a good thing you know they're the, the band themselves i understand said that they took a deaf leopard approach to wall of sound harmonies yeah it's true i i fucking love hysteria yeah. and that is the pinnacle of perfection right with, with like 30 person harmony yeah wow okay. or, or just layered like um yeah yeah but so i i like i liked it brett am i not Am I a bit weird with that, or it wasn't something that I necessarily picked well, out? It's myself. something I noticed when the vocals don't go off the beaten path too mm. much, which is not the not a bad thing. Yeah, I mean it's much more improved from the last album. Mm. Um, singing's even better. I don't. He just keeps getting better, but he keeps in that ballpark. He keeps yeah. in his ballpark. He like I think I would. Oh, I would um just drop the mic if if I heard like screaming or guttural stuff in this. I'd yeah, be like, you, "Holy yeah. fuck!" If you listen to their their first uh, EP, November, I I I almost fell off my bike earlier on. It was because there is actually quite a bit of screaming in it. It's just it's like that kind of black metal rasp comes yeah. in for like a minute or so in the middle of the song. I was like, "What? This is an asteroid!" But it is. Yeah. Um, but you know, it's, they've just they've just they just dropped that completely. Yeah. Maybe, but no, I'm not yeah. saying it needs it. I, I think I think Brett's got a great voice, and yeah. it's very much in the mode. Well, of, the songwriting is so yeah. varied. I don't mind it as much this time around. Yeah, because I, the whole yeah. band does their part, and the whole band, the whole band, right? They help to write and everything. So, like, yeah. Does the vocalist do any instruments? I, I yeah, don't he's know. he's the lead guitarist. Oh wow, okay, that's, that's yeah. Great. Him and Casey share, share guitar duties. Yeah, yeah. That's, that's very impressive. Then yeah, yeah. So it's yeah. It really like I think that the, the key songwriters is. Brett, the singer, and then and Dan, the bass player, but they all contribute. Okay. Um, I think vocally speaking, it's very much in in in, in the mix with bands like Dance Gavin Dance or Strawberry Girls, or you know, it like actually sits more in the okay in that uh, complex, almost sort of like post 
metalcore post post punk oh yeah. no sorry uh, pop punk type type genre because mm-hmm. just that's purely probably because of his where he's from Boston Massachusetts and mm-hmm. they were in a band together called Hetfield and Hetfield all of them <laughs> except for the drummer oh. and uh, that's a much more complex I'll give that a listen metal flecked kind of pop punk type stuff but uh, yeah I, I think you can still hear tiny vestiges of that in yeah. Asteroid. but uh, yeah I mean yeah. it's like the lyrics great I recognise very well they're like very memorable like water of course yeah like the really catchy chorus I still haven't catchy quite like you know got to that point of like, picking up on the lyrics but uh, but it's a lot catchier now mm. I think no not quite a pop record of sorts but there are elements that I recognize yeah. a lot more which is why I picked up on these yeah like like the riffing is so precise and oh it's great yeah Good. Wow. Yeah, it is very, very good. I'm taking it that Water is your favourite track. Yes. Yeah, okay. it is. Well, and then there's, of course, the other one I listed. Mm, I wish uh, I was there with the sunset. Yeah, yeah. I, I, they're both very, very good in completely different ways. Yeah, excellent. Know? I'm I'm, I'm going to take um, Lost. I love that song. And I, and it's yeah, it's really yeah. kind of their first ever slow jam at the start. There's, yeah, there's so was, much sp- space. That's when I totally got on this. Um, that, that I song? you just you just didn't get any any of that breathing room with air. I love air, and I think at this point I still prefer it. But I'm very excited to really really get to know this album, and I will be. Yeah, the first two tracks are a bit by numbers for me, but mm, it speeds straight to like the good stuff. Afterwards. Yeah, like, I, I kind of I kind of agree with you there a little they're, bit. They're very straightforward. It's not not a bad thing. They're just they just are. You know? Yeah, they're mm-hmm. yeah they're they're kind of asteroid. Just yeah, like sad fillers but and they were the singles so it was yeah. kind of a good surprise to see that everything else wasn't loaded on this cool I'm gonna give it an 8 uh, 9 I'm gonna give it a 9 okay awesome which is so weird because I did we rate the other album before no it was pre-show okay <laughs> well, I, I probably would have wouldn't, would have given that less than you would have okay so that's, that's interesting yeah no I think I think I, I'm I'm yeah I'm very close to like 10 for air but uh, but uh, you know but that this as i say that there's still room to grow yeah so uh that's astronoid self-titled <clears throat> astronoid um from boston yeah good stuff yeah if this gets in my top 20 don't be surprised uh don't be surprised if it gets into mine yeah honestly right. like yeah <laughs> great start to the year honestly absolutely okay and now we're gonna hop into our time machine and punch in 1956 <laughs> and talk about Sonny Rollins, tenor saxophone. Yes, not Henry Rollins. Sonny. Pre, this is pre-Henry Rollins. Sorry for any discomfort yeah. from that realization that he is not related. No. In any way. No, 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 no relation. Um, so a whistle-stop tour of Sonny Rollins' career, who was born in 1930 in New York City, to uh, Virgin Islanders, actually. from uh, the, his, Both of his parents immigrated from the U.S. Virgin Islands, although cool. I suppose technically that's part of the U.S., so they didn't immigrate, but they did move no space. Um, to New York. He grew up in Harlem, um, Kind of in and around the start of his career in the in the forties, uh, he he went to Rikers Island Prison. He he was he was arrested. He went to prison for a few years. Yeah. He came out, got addicted to heroin, and then actually kicked heroin in one of the world's first methadone clinics. Holy shit! Um, and wow. this was all before uh, the music. Saxophone Colossus, the album we're talking about this week. Um, so by the time he he he, achieved, he, he um, recorded Saxophone Colossus, it's actually his sixth album, which which is funny because in twenty eighteen, in the genres we usually cover, six albums is pretty weighty discography for you know for one artist back then it's like oh six years passed well you want it yeah well yeah exactly but he would frequently release two three albums a year but do you know 
because on jazz because it's recorded live it's much quicker to um, it is to uh to, to record but and if you're this proficient at the genre you can fire them out exactly rocket fast um, yeah. But this was his first. This was his first major, influential, groundbreaking release. Yes. Um, do you want to guess how many albums Sonny Rollins has, not including live albums or compilations? Thirty-two. Forty-nine. I was close. You, you know. were close. I wasn't too far. But you were still mo- more albums <laughs> than most bands have in their whole career <laughs> off. But uh, yeah, it's insane. Yeah. Um, so Saxophone Colossus. He recorded it, yes. um, it for Prestige Records in New Jersey. Uh, with Tommy Flanagan on piano, Doug Doug Watkins on double bass, and Max. <laughs> I was like Doug Walker. <laughs> Doug Walker, no, no, no. <laughs> Doug Doug Watkins on double bass and Max Roach on piano. Um, and it's it's a tight tight five, five tracks. Um, yes. Would you do you think? It, it, funnily enough, this is not actually categorized as jazz. It's technically hard bop. Yeah, it is a bop. It is a bop and bebop. <laughs> it's a bop, <laughs> or or if you want to use the the, the yes. phrasing of the time, funky hard bop. Um, no, which is bebop. It's which is that's bebop. bebop. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's 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 just it's it's basically. I think bebop's a bigger band. I don't know. Bebop probably a bigger band, and yeah. and hard bop was had just influenced was influenced more by gospel, R and B, blues. Um, Calypso is, is very evident throughout the, throughout the album mixed with jazz yeah. so yeah Calypso Calypso so yeah so you know so it runs through um, really quickly I mean because there's only five tracks and they're all about ten minutes long um, yeah, it runs through yeah, St. Yeah. Thomas which is a traditional Virgin Islands melody Calyp- mm-hmm. tra- traditional Calypso melody um, then uh, what's the second song You Don't Know What Love Is You Don't Know What Love Is Great American Songbook Standard Slow Really Chill Yeah Really Chill and initially, it was it was a Abbott and Costello movie had that featured. Oh, that's it's awesome. very famous for its uh, lyrical version, but this is a jazz version. Strode Road, just pure bebop yeah. music, yeah. Um, and then uh, Maratat is a version of Mac the Knife. Um, oh, you know this? Da, 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 oh, Mac yeah. the Knife. Mm-hmm. Bobby Darren made that song famous in nineteen several years after this this version. Maybe I do know. Maybe. Yeah, yeah, you, yeah, you probably. I'd say listen to Mac the Knife and Bobby yeah, Darren yeah, and see okay. if you. Yeah, and that's and, uh, and and it was originally from a German a German mm-hmm. musical called The Threepenny Opera, and that's that's why it's called Maritat. It means death okay. in German or whatever, or murder or something. Yeah. And uh, and and then finally uh, Blue Seven, which is which is basically a sort of swaggering, somber, dark blues song. Yeah, more loungy. Yes, but dark lounge. <laughs> so you were so you were reasonably familiar with this. I knew this. Okay. Yeah. Great. It has actually, I think, I think St. Thomas is on my playlist already from oh, way really? back. Yeah. 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 St. <laughs> Thomas is the stand, is as far as his, like historically, it's the, the classic yeah. on this album. Yeah. Because it broke new ground for. It's, it's the bar. Yeah. That's his genre was set on. Absolutely. For the most part. Yeah. Because, because of, you know, it had that Calypso swing to it as well as being, clearly being jazz and, uh, and, and, and the way that, Sonny Rollins who was still finding his voice as a soloist or whatever mm-hmm. the way that he used rhythm yeah. in his playing was very unique that part of the solo where it's like ba-dum da-dum da-da-da-da-da-dum da-dum da-dum it's, it's, it, it, it's that way of basically using rhythm for its own sake rather than necessarily tying everything to a to a catchy melody that um, yeah. kind of became his signature and he, he started that on uh, St. Thomas just as well just some lovely work from the backing band I think here you mm-hmm. know? oh totally yeah. 
it's fun <laughs> it's so much fun um, Max Roach on mm. the drums particularly uh, mm-hmm. there's some lovely moments um, in uh, St. Thomas and uh, Maratat where they're each they, they each sort of swing like a pendulum from drum solo sax solo drum solo sax solo um, and I think Ringo Starr might have been influenced by one of the the drum the drum yeah. sections in Maratat for I can see um, that. yeah for his solo in Abbey Road because uh, it's 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 quite quite similar but it just it's it's great because it's it's actually great background music but it's also great foreground music yeah and, and when you tune every, into every, it every second song it absolutely takes mm. forefront yes <laughs> yeah 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 um, and it it was actually it, it was inducted into the library of congress um 2 years ago now 2 years geez. so recently a bit late <laughs> but a bit maybe but you know there's very 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 few uh records do make it in i think bob dylan is in there i hope they send us the space <laughs> yeah well it's kind of it's in, in it's way. in that it's in that echelon now yeah um and i i was just conscious that jazz isn't something that we've really covered in depth before i know we've we've touched on it with some of our jazz tinged stuff yeah like um uh, fox capture plan yes and there's been other bands that we've talked about modern jazz for the most part modern know? jazz or jazz inspired whereas this yeah. is jazz huge this is like you know, in fifties. Yeah. This is when jazz yeah. was at its. It's hey, not your yeah. mom and papa's. It's your. It's your this great granddad's. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but uh, yeah, and I, I love. I mean, I got into jazz through through John Coltrane, but I recently sort of, I, I about three or four years ago, I kind of said I want to get back into yeah, at jazz and, and look at some more of the greats. And yeah. Sonny Rollins was like right up there in this album, just. Mm really knocked me over the head with <laughs> yeah i get into I fucking jazz via like fucking uh the uh peanuts christmas special so oh that's that's how how so <laughs> because the the band that does the jazz performances for all those specials and shows oh. incredible we'll, we'll probably cover them there what are they called um oh they're a trio oh, okay they're a trio band i'll try and find it sure but yeah um, I love this. It's yes. so diverse for such a small little venture, and it you know? sounds wonderful. It's a little bit of a shame, actually, because the um, whatever version is on Spotify has a few little audio glitches. I don't know if you noticed that, um, but the 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 stereo kind of goes a little wonky a couple yes. times. But there's a version on Google Play Music digitally remastered. It's very distinctive because the the cover is yellow, and it just sounds. I mean, it could have been recorded yesterday. It's it's so pristine and clear and yeah for an, how old is this recording 60 years at this point 62 years yeah. old or something maybe um, close to that same Vince trio is the name oh, of that okay yeah. mm-hmm. alright because yeah because yeah, you see the thing about Sonny Rollins as well is he you know he's um, I guess he was maybe predestined to be one of the greats because he he played in the Miles Davis quartet briefly and yeah. his his actual his mentor was Thelonious Monk so oh, he spent a lot great. of time, yeah, in in really, you know, well respected jazz circles, and then he broke out on his own, more or less, with with this album, and uh, it's 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 just stunning. Um, I love I love the uh, I love the improvisation on Mac the Knife. I mean, they're all kind of around the ten minute mark, but uh, yeah. on Maratat, I should say, because like what John Coltrane does, with, these are a few of my favorite things. Uh, it, it, it's it, it's a great uh, method that jazz uses to take a familiar tune and then spiral it out into a million yeah. different directions. Like play a bit of it, then yeah. change it up right in, right in the middle of 
like the same riff or whatever yeah 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 yeah, yeah. and and then come back with variations that are barely recognizable as the original song yeah um you know because really strode road and blue seven are the only two cuts on this album that are like original songs the others are traditional or they were already written and stuff like that but yeah but in the way it's the way that they play them that that makes them original yeah like if you actually listen to the original version of um Mac the Knife from 1925 or 30 or whatever it was mm-hmm. it's completely unre- it's practically unrecognisable it's a really boring ploddy shit song yeah. that was sort of adopted by pop culture at the time and then made into something that was really compelling and interesting and and it's it's kind of a, a, a something that really almost doesn't exist anymore outside yeah, it's of hard weird to, cover hard versions it's to exist yeah. you know because people's uh imaginations and, and focus is so this better be less than three minutes or I'm turning it I off know. kind of thing the closest thing I've heard in the modern era is is that Biffy Claro cover of um, of Buddy Holly by Weezer because it, yeah. it, it, it really does just take little scraps of the Weezer song and expands them out into something totally batshit and, and insane and mental and, and really compelling in its own right whereas cover versions tend to just be you know, either a different instrumentation, but a pretty straight yeah. reading of the original um, song. At minus self-indulgence, you had Tom Sawyer. Oh! <laughs> but lightning fast. Okay. Yeah, so that was fun. That I want to hear. <laughs> <laughs> but the problem is copyright as well now is gone. It, it, you know, I'm not saying it's it's good that artists have have intellectual property, but, uh, it, you know, there's there's a lot of stuff that's out of copyright now, and it would be, would be really interesting to hear some of the more experimental bands um do a little bit like what you remember what Pull Apart by Horses did on uh, yeah. that album we did on, on the Time Machine one week where they I, I do remember that yeah. I think it was Rachmaninoff yeah. and they took a segment of Rachmaninoff that was being played by you know by like a concert pianist yeah. and then they managed to blend that back into mm-hmm. this insane song Rape Escape <laughs> and it, that's yeah. what the kind of playfulness and, and ambition that I love to hear and you hear yeah, about here. and some genres these days are doing that in a way like um vaporwave when it yes. in early startings kind of slowed down classical things and added reverb and or mu- music from you Muzak, know yeah. elevator uh, stuff malls and elevators and stuff like that yeah, yeah. i i do like i want to see jazz take that step i don't think it has yet mm. um maybe it has i don't know maybe we need to keep a closer eye on it because yeah it could be an art movement coming yeah i don't know like that's that's what always baffles me about jazz is like this this is this is 1956 to me this just sounds so vital and even so much of a progression on what the stereotypical jazz album might sound like that you know if you kind of move like flash forward 60 years i'd be really interested to hear what yeah it's exciting um, dude what what modern jazz can be and we've you know i think it's maybe something that we we need to to try and tune in on a little bit more Mm -hmm. but uh because i i just think jazz music is generally speaking is, is fantastic yes um what is your what's your favorite of the five favorite of five is it um, still saint thomas uh, uh i mean they're all really good uh i think i think um blue seven blue seven it's yeah just, just what i love mm. exactly <laughs> what i love in yeah jazz. yeah it's definitely the the most sort of smoky Be bar bonkish. at two in the morning yeah but it has a lot more to it as well. It's, yeah, yeah, because it because it kicks off in the in the second half. Yeah, does kind of kick into into gear. But uh, mm-hmm. yeah, I think I think um, I th- I think it's it's still St. Thomas. Yeah, it's it's just um, 
It's beautiful. Yeah, it's iconic. It really is. Yeah. Um, so I don't know. I mean, you know, uh, the world needs to hear this stuff. Put it this way, Absolutely. right? There have literally been doctoral theses written on this album. That's incredible. We don't. <laughs> we're not going to be able to cover. No, I'm, it. Not, I'm not a jazz buff. But but as two guys that mostly like to rock out, I think I think this can still hold mm-hmm. a huge amount of um, of interest and merit. And 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 so so long after it was released, it's still there's still a lot to learn yeah. from it. Yeah, there's 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 a lot of elements to this album that could be very nicely incorporated into modern music yeah um and sonny is is still kicking out the jams i mean he well he had an album in 2012 uh, or 13 Jeez. or something like that yeah so he's still, so he's alive he's alive and kicking he's Why? 88 years old I, that's not as old as i thought yeah yeah <laughs> so he's yeah, pretty yeah. young doing this yes what age was he doing this uh doing this he would have been 12 Please don't say younger than us. Twenty six. Ooh, I still have one more year. <laughs> I know, it's too late for me. Shit, well, <laughs> two months. But yeah, can you, can you imagine this? Like pushing musical boundaries as far as this when you're twenty six. I mean, yeah, dude is is genius. Um, so go and check him out. And I, you know, I'm actually probably going to dip into it a little bit more of the rest of his discography now. But uh, that has been a kill shuffle for another week. Thank you so much for joining us on this our fiftieth journey into yes. the un- into the unknown. Happy Geburtstag. Uh, birthday. Mazeltov. Yes. Okay. <laughs> we will Sunny. catch you on the other side, and uh, do follow us on Spotify, Facebook, Twitter. In the meantime, there are loads of albums coming up next time. I think we got Bob Mold yeah. in the mix. A little bit of Rotting Christ, maybe. Yeah, and we have a single out next Friday. Oh snap! Yeah, that's it's a little project I'm doing, which. You'll see. <laughs> yeah, look it up. Yeah. Um, it's going to be under Coma, Q-O-M-A, yes. on Spotify and yes. everywhere else. Mm-hmm. And the song's called Delayed Response Time. You heard it here first. Mm-hmm. New Frontier. It is a new frontier for us. It's a little bit heavier than our previous work. Quite a bit. So <laughs> um, look forward to that and uh, look forward to the next episode. We'll talk to you then. In the meantime, bye. Bye.